All right, welcome back to Transformative Teaching, a facet at IU podcast. I'm Katie Metz here with Michael Maroney as um, right and I'm th- Michael, and you're Michael. You are Michael, and we are ending our uh, spring 22 semester on a really fun note. Michael, would you like to introduce our guest? Yes, today we're talking with Oylan Chung. She's uh, a recently promoted to full professor. Uh, she's a professor of finance, uh, director for the Center for Business and Economic Research at IU East. Is that still true? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and a member of the FACET class of 2021. So you were just inducted last fall at the Crown Plaza retreat uh, in Indianapolis. What was your favorite thing about the retreat? Um, I see a lot of people that I have never been able to meet before. And I am happy to be around them and learn about their experiences by talking with them. And this certainly will help me with my teaching career. That's awesome. And and I'm hoping we'll see you uh, in Louisville in uh, just about a month. It's June yes, 8th to 10th. Excellent. I will be there. Excellent. So um, I was kind of looking over your CV real fast, and I saw that you uh, got your bachelor's and an MBA in Macau, which yes. I think is like Southern China. And then you went to New Orleans. And I'm just I'm just curious, uh, which one's more humid? About the same. Actually, they are about, about a very, um, well, about the same latitude. Oh. Yeah. I, 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 I'm a total geography junkie. I like to like tour the world on Google Google Earth. And, uh, and so I, that when, when I saw that you lived in these two places, I thought, she must like humidity. Not necessarily. Well, now you're in Indiana, so. <laughs> I just have low choice. <laughs> yeah, okay. you're still okay. getting it there. And, and then, then the other thing that kind of catches my attention when I think of Macau is I, I, I've heard it referred to as kind of the Las Vegas of Asia. Yes. Does that have anything to do how you ended up in finance and banking and interest in that? Mm, I would say no. Okay. Um, because as a uh, peerist Macau resident, because I live there, right? So we do not go to, or I did not go to the casino very often. And actually, um, when I was working for the University of Macau, uh, it is a uh, government or public university. Mm-hmm. We, at that time, and even until now, I think um, employees, government employees, are not allowed to go to the Ooh, uh, wow. casino. That's interesting. Except, except for the first three days in the lunar new year. Hmm. That's what we were told when I was there. Okay. But I'm not sure whether there is any change this time. So, where did your love of finance come from? My, um. My bachelor degree it is in our business information system, and then when I started thinking about doing my uh, master's program, I thought, well, maybe I was not very tech savvy, and it would be difficult for me to go higher in the uh, at a higher level in the business information system field. So I thought, well. I kind of liking doing numbers. That's why I end up choosing banking and finance uh, as my major study in my master's program. 
Well, and here we have Katie, who's uh, <laughs> she's in, in, into accounting. So, we've, uh, and we've had this conversation yeah. before, which I think is really f- interesting because there's a question that I, I had for you just as, as we start to talk more about your teaching practices in this podcast. Um, as we both know, it's difficult sometimes to get students to kind of buy into the what we feel, I feel, is the excitement mm-hmm. of accounting and finance. So what do you do to make your students buy in or feel excited about this skill set that they're learning, especially because we're in this weird, it's not quite STEM, it's business, but it's more technical than most business skills. Um, in my, usually, um, when I teach in my face-to-face class, um, the very first things I tell my students is, uh, because they are business students, they need to learn um, at least a little bit about all the different functional areas in a business in a business so finance is very important so i want them to know enough for them to work in a company or for them to maybe starting their own companies in the future if they are not owning one uh, currently that's how i encourage my students um to study finance and i told them that uh we make finance as one of the core course in the in the program that is a purpose we don't just put any course in the core curriculum for them right so it's it's a lot about just kind of this practical concept of you need to know this in business yes. you might as well get excited about it and learn it now while you're because they need to make the business decision yes. business decision include many different aspects Definitely. so if they don't learn enough of the different aspects, the decision they may may not be as good. That's why I want them to learn enough finance concepts and maybe the the the, the theories that will help them in the future for their decision making. So, so, do you feel like your students, um, by the time they reach the end of your class, that they really resonate with the value of of, of what they're learning in the class? Yes, a lot of students in my class actually in the student uh, evaluation, they told me that they learned a lot from my classes. Yeah. And have you seen some of your students kind of go out into the business world and, and, and do you hear back from them? Um, not exactly, but I do believe that some of them, they really, uh, yes, I, I heard from a student. He told me that uh, he applied the concepts, what he had learned from my class in, in, in his business. Okay. That's great. Especially for the um, part of the capital budgeting analysis. Yeah, I'm actually teaching that right now in a managerial class. Um, That's funny. (laughs) What do you do to motivate your students from a practical perspective? So you talk a lot about this sense of my students are going to need this. And I totally understand that. And so does Michael as business professors. But, But what sorts of practical applications or interesting tools do you use to motivate your students who really can't see the business world yet from a practical perspective? Uh, actually, um, I have developed a, a case teaching approach that I used in my uh, F field one financial management. And the primary goal of the case is to help the students to understand and to perform the complex calculations needed for making financial decisions for a company. Just, just like what I mentioned before for capital budgeting analysis. And in fact, 
because this topic it involves a lot of different calculations from the establish from uh, the estimation of cash flows until they get the uh, calculation results for the uh, for example the payback period, the net present value, the internal weight of return, things like that, and the whole process it involves a lot of different calculations, and um. Some years ago, I find that the students, they were struggling about how to do the calculations. And besides calculations, students will need to make use of the calculation results to make a decision. And without the correct calculation results, the students will would think that um, would be very hesitated to continue with the assignment. So I developed this teaching, the, this case teaching approach using the McGraw-Hill Connect website. So the every steps they put in their immediate, immediate answers, they will be able to check. And in case they mix, mix up uh, their calculations in any part, they will be able to check and then fix their calculations right away. And if they work hard enough, they will be sure to have all the calculations done correct before they move on to the analysis part. And I have been using this um, since, I believe, since 2017 or 2018. And the students, they like this approach very much. And in fact, this teaching approach, um, it earned me the FACET membership. I made use of this in my application of the, my FACET membership. And then I also uh, was recognized as the, uh, one of the finalists in the it in the way teaching tool uh, award. Although I did not earn, I, I was not the winner, but I, I, <laughs> fault is that, I have been very happy. It, it's, not my fault. it's not my fault. <laughs> this I, is scary. It, I'm, it's, I'm it's a finalist very, it's this competitive. year. I'm nervous. It's competitive. We get See? lots and lots of votes. I know. So, I'm nervous I mean, now. Hey, being a finalist is, I, that's, that's I, great. That's you know, we, we can still go watch your video on the that's website. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, we can. Oh, yeah. man, we have a lot to, lot to live up to here. <laughs> so so this, uh, this innovation around uh, using the case method, would you say that that's like your, the, 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 the teaching intervention that you are the most proud of? Yes. Yeah? I, I, I am definitely proud of that because... I apply it in my course, and at the end, the students told me that they really liked it and they learned how to do it, and then this helped them to build their confidence in working in that kind of, in solving that kind of um, problems. Yeah, and um, that confidence, I think, is so important, especially in a technical field that you're studying. So we just finished the spring semester, I'm exhausted as I'm starting summer teaching here. I'm sure you are as well. What do you do at the end of a semester aside, besides maybe sit on your patio and pour yourself a, a drink or take a nap? What <laughs> sorts of reflective teaching, when you think back on your semester, do you engage in? Just kind of pat yourself on the back, get yourself motivated for the next semester. I think it includes, I, I mean, what you said consists of two questions. What I did after the uh, after I am done with my grading, after I submitted my grading, I started to clean up my patio. 
and put in there <laughs> and put in their flowers. Yep. Get the things so done you didn't do in the I can, I can relax myself a little bit in my patio before I started the, the, the next busy semester. And the second question is um when I sit back and I um I always try I, I, I am always trying to um encourage or make my students to do the things correctly at the right time. So I take it very seriously for my for, for my students to meet the deadlines of the class assignments. Let me tell you why I I, I, I I think it this way because um before I uh, went back to college, I was working for a bank in their remittance department. That means transfer money uh, overseas or over the world. And then at that time I learned that if the transfer of the money was not done at the time it was lifted, then the bank will be responsible for any interest loss for the for, for, for the clients or for the customers. So any delayed responses or actions in this way will cause loss to a business. And I am in a working in a business program. So I tried to make my students to develop the habit of meeting the deadline. And even when in the in our daily life, when we do not uh, pay the cell phone bill on time, we got a we, we get a penalty, right? For me, if I don't pay my cell phone bill on time, I get a five dollar penalty. Yeah, they I, put a penalty on on my on my next cell phone bill automatically. That, so I try to make my students understand the importance of meeting the deadline. And that adds up, doesn't it? Five dollars yeah. once is different. I, I have to say that uh, when I was in law school, I did an internship after my first year, and I worked with a guy who did a lot of criminal law practice. And basically, one of the things he told me is ninety-five percent of people's problems are caused by not being in the right place at the right time. Yes. <laughs> and basically you're saying the same thing happens in the financial world. If you don't Absolutely. do the right thing at the right time, it will come back to haunt loss. you. If yeah, if you're not paying, yeah. paying, not paying attention, it's funny you say that because I always talk to my students about client readiness. If you wouldn't feel comfortable giving this to somebody who is interviewing you for a job, don't hand it to me, right? So that's, that's excellent. I, I'm curious, did you have a favorite teacher? When you were in, uh, it doesn't matter, bachelor's, high school, all, all the way through. Do you have a, someone who was really kind of your champion? Yes, I do. And I would say he, uh, the, the, the teacher that can be classified as this way was my math teacher, Mr. Albert Lee, who taught me math from we call it form three to form five, which is equivalent to grade nine to grade 11 mm. okay. in the American okay. system. High school. And then at that time, I learned a lot of math from him. And because of that, actually, I, if without that experience or without that, uh, the, 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 the skills I learned from him, 
I wouldn't be able to go back to college. What, what did he do that really kind of worked for you? Um, besides learning from him um, during the class time, I, when, whenever I have any questions about any extra math problem I have, I will talk with him and he showed me how to, uh, he showed me how to solve those problems. And then because of I learned extra and after learning from his classes, I was able to give private tutorials to the, um, to the students, which are of lower forms in my school. Um, so that I was able to make some money. And then um, even after I graduated from my, uh, from my high school, I was still giving private lessons or private tutorials to, to the students of my school. And I, um, in addition to working full time at the bank, I mentioned before, I gave the, um, I earned money from giving the private tutorials in math. And then I earned, after I save it, I would say not totally enough, but close enough, the, 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 the amount of money that I leave for my college study, then I went back to my college to, to, to study, to start my uh, bachelor degree, bachelor program in business information system. And without that experience, I wasn't able to even do my, 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 my first degree. Oh, that's, that's, that's a great story. So basically he was available. He was patient. He, yes. he was encouraging. It sounds like, and it had an incredible impact. You need to share this podcast with him. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just so he knows. <laughs> Actually, I found him on Facebook before. Oh, you did? Okay. Uh, oh, after many years, um, I was able to reconnect with him, and we were friends on Facebook. And I mentioned about this on Facebook and thanked him for what he did. And then, really, without without the the the, the experience at that time, because my I came from a big family. Their um, act of us, mm. and then uh, my parents, my my only my dad, he 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 was the um, he worked as a truck driver. He he worked as a truck driver, and raising a big families was not easy. And as a as a kid of the family, we were not even able to expect that we were able to go to college mm -hmm. and i if i was not able to work that way and then save the money and i was not able to go to college were, were you the first uh, family member to go to college yes and uh, since then have you had other family members who have been able to kind of follow in your footsteps my younger brother and yeah my younger brother he was able to finish his uh his first degree oh that's that's great wow. and a few years after uh my younger sister she did some uh, maybe maybe i just don't want don't don't, don't talk too much into that Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I totally, totally understand. So, 
when you just got promoted to full professor. Congratulations on that. That's a huge accomplishment. And as if we don't already have all this stuff going on already, um, the expectation I'm sure gets more and more as you advance in your career to be a mentor for younger faculty members. What What's the most important thing you want junior faculty members or new, whether it's a new instructor or somebody in, in the research line to, to be thinking about as they are just starting off their career? I think it's very important that they try to take a look uh, at themselves and see what strength and weaknesses they have. Trying to develop a teaching approach that works for them, of course, with good reasons to 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 um to back them up why they choose that as their teaching approach, and then keep doing it consistently and persistently, because it takes time for us to see the effectiveness. So, of uh, over the course of that, they may see some something that might work, something that might not work. But if they have a good reason to keep that teaching approach, just keep it. So how did you how and, did you know that you always had a good reason for making your decision? Yeah, that's what I, I wanted yeah. to well, I, I still have I still have oh, uh, a little bit to talk about. Over the time when they do it consistently and persistently, they will build up their own identity and also their reputation. And when students know about what teaching styles they have, actually it saves them a lot of uh, a, a lot of different issues because the students know about how they will handle the student, uh, how, how they will handle the class, how they will handle the uh, student request. Then if the, there are some students, they may have different kind of re requests they will probably low whether their request will be accepted or not. And then it will really, I think it will really help. And then once they have their own identities and reputation, actually it will make life much easier. That's interesting. And yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I agree. I mean, because people come at their teaching in very different ways. And as the students know more about what to expect from their professors, I mean, it's helpful for the students. And it, of course, it's helpful for the professors too. You're and right. they will also know whether your class is difficult or not. If they already know that your class is difficult, they will be prepared yes. to work or spend to 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 spend more time and effort in your class. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because I've challenged myself recently to tell my students about my teaching approach. So instead of just going in and saying this is how it is, I always say this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And so that I I think this really resonates with me as something where it's like figure out why you're doing what you're doing, and then be able to tell people about it. Where do you get your best information about teaching approaches or what is a good idea, as Michael was trying to kind of allude to earlier? How do you know? I think good? there's student evaluation survey is a very good way to know because the students will tell you if they really like something you are doing in the class. Sometimes we think maybe are especially when when we are new to the teaching world we might think that student evaluation may be something that might hurt us but i don't see it that way yes 
Sometimes students may provide us some uh, not so positive comments, but that's worth thing too because you will know why they think it that way, and then it will help you to fine tune your course. And some students, if they find that something which is really in the class, they will we they will tell you also, and then this will um, reinforce yourself what you are doing is helpful to the students. I really appreciate that you're so responsive to um, the student to the student feedback. That's that's great, um, and it sounds to me like it's really about the qualitative comments that they're giving you. That it gives you something to reflect on and something to build on when when you're yes. when you're thinking ahead. Not just the qualitative part, but also the uh, quantitative part. You can also see how you are compared to your your your, your colleagues, mm -hmm. because it will also tell you the uh, average of the of the department. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Well, Oilin, thank you so much for your time with us today on Transformative Teaching on behalf of FACET here. And again, congratulations on that promotion. It's huge and really good news, I'm sure, to receive after a couple of years of hectic semester. So we have really enjoyed chatting with you and are, of course, always um, excited to hear about your accomplishments and, and get your wisdom so we can give it to the abyss, to the internet. Right? <laughs> it's got, now everyone <laughs> now knows. Now everyone knows. <laughs> and that was the goal. Thank you.